0: Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at missourireview.com. Hello and welcome to the Miller Oddcast the Missouri Review Podcast, where we listen to and discuss the finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. I'm Mark McKee, Managing Editor. Let me double down on last episode's wish for everyone out there for a happy new year. May 2022 look favorably on us as we try to put it all back together or dismantle it with just purpose. We're back with episode 42 of the Miller Podcast, featuring the latest finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize and audio documentary, The History of Policing Black People in America. With David A. Love, a segment from the podcast Black Guy, White Guy Talking, from Elwyn Laud Hammond and Zachary Watterson, featuring a conversation with David A. Love. Black Guy, White Guy Talking was born of a friendship across color lines, which developed between two fathers willing to deeply unpack truths and untruths and discuss the important personal impact race and race relations have on their lives. Elwin Hammond and Zachary Watterson both live in Philadelphia and raise daughters who are about the same age Elwin is an appraiser and an entrepreneur and Zach is a pushcart prize nominated writer who also works in construction the audio documentary the history of policing black people in america with david a love black eye white guy talking number 10 is a segment of an episode from the podcast black eye white guy talking originally published on september 24th, 2020 in this segment they welcomed distinguished professor, journalist, and commentator David A. Love to discuss American policing, the history of law enforcement in America, the police as an occupying force, and the desperate need to transform racist and violent policing. Episode 10 was recorded on August 13, 2020, in the Point Breeze neighborhood of Philadelphia at Sounds Like Soma Recording Studio. Sound engineer Zach Haney first cut the hour-long session, and then in June 2021, another sound engineer, Avery Sharp working from his home in Paris, condensed it to just under 15 minutes. The Beatmaker Brain Orchestra composed the beats. Galaxy T is the intro and Two Sugars the outro. Black Eye White Guy Talking is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music. The energy and verve of Black Eye White Guy Talking is, as media and communications professor Gail Ramsey wrote, raw, real, intellectual, and thought-provoking conversation about deep and explosive issues. As for bios... David A. Love is a professor, journalist, and commentator who writes investigative stories and op-eds on a variety of issues, including politics, social justice, human rights, race, criminal justice, and inequality. He is a writer for CNN, The Appeal, The Grio, First Boulevard, Al Jazeera, and BlackCommentator.com. In addition, Love's work has appeared in The Washington Post, The Nation, The Guardian, and HuffPo, and he has been quoted by The New York Times, Time, Newsweek, The Atlantic, and The New Republic. Love has appeared on CNN. MSNBC, Al Jazeera, BBC, Sirius XM, WURD, CBC News, and ABC News Radio, Australian Broadcasting Corporation. He was a producer for Democracy Now! and a contributor to the books 400 Souls, A Community History of African America, 1619-2019, States of Confinement, Policing, Detention, and Prisons, A Reader for College Writers, 6th Edition, At the Tea Party, and Current Controversies, The Death Penalty. Love is an instructor at the Rutgers School of Communication and Information, where he trains students in a social justice journalism lab and edits and publishes student work for the online publication NJ Spark. He has taught at the Temple University Klein College of Media and Communication in the Media Studies and Production Department. Elwin Laud Hammond is a 44 year old black man who is an activist and Philadelphia native. He's extremely passionate and dedicated to the upliftment of black people. Into having cross-racial dialogue about race relations. In August of 2000, he earned a Bachelor of Science in Accounting from Pennsylvania State University. He currently earns his living as a real estate appraiser and investor and as an entrepreneur. He loves football, boxing, and coaching. He is married and has an 11-year-old daughter who attends a friend's school in Philadelphia. His hope and aspiration for this world is that we try to honestly and openly work on our differences so that we can collectively find ways to create progress for our children and the next generations, because that is the true definition of happiness. His mission on this earth now is to be a contributor and to grow with passion. Zachary Watterson's stories appear in Chicago Quarterly Review, River Sticks, and Commentaries: Summer Fiction. His essays appear in the Paris Review Daily, the Massachusetts Review, Post Road, and the W.W. W. Norton anthology called Inheriting the War, Poetry and Prose by Descendants of Vietnam Veterans and Refugees. His work has received a Pushcart Prize nomination and has been honored in the Best American Essay series. He is a recipient of fellowships from the Elizabeth George Foundation and the Gentel Arts Foundation and work-study scholarships to the Breadloaf Writers Conference. He holds an MFA in Fiction from the University of Washington, where he received the Richard Blessing Award and the Eugene Van Buren Prize for Fiction. To support his writing life and his family, he earns a living in stonemasonry. Stay tuned after the piece to hear me and contest editor Bailey Boyd talk, albeit minimally, about how important the stories that are featured and the voices that are heard in this entry into the auto-documentary are. And now, without further ado, here is The History of Policing Black People in America with David A. Love from the podcast Black Guy, White Guy Talking. From Elwyn Laud Hammond and Zachary Watterson. This is Black Guy, White
1: Guy Talking. I'm a black guy.
2: I'm Elwin. I'm a white guy. I'm Zach.
1: And we became friends by talking, talking about race and race relations. This episode was recorded on August 13th, 2020.
2: We have here with us our distinguished guest, journalist and commentator David A. Love. He writes investigative stories and op-eds on a variety of issues, including politics, social justice, human rights, race, criminal justice, and inequality. He is a writer for CNN, Atlanta Blackstar, Al Jazeera, and NBC News. And he's appeared as a commentator on CNN, MSNBC, ABC News Radio, BBC, and elsewhere. David, Welcome. It is a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, David. Uh, One of the things we'd like to talk about is policing, especially with regard to your article, Too Little Has Changed About American Policing in the Last Few Decades. It's time for something different. I'd like it if if you could talk a little about the first police forces in America, the slave patrols you mentioned in your article.
3: Yes, yes. Well, you know, once again, thanks a lot for having me on to talk about this important issue. Mm. You know, with everything that's going on these days, uh, particularly with police brutality, I think it's, uh, it is a really uh, a, a great time, perfect time to, to talk about the history of uh, law enforcement in this mm-hmm. country, one that I think people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as far as particularly the black community, our first experience with law enforcement was on the plantation Mm. with the slave patrols. You know, these were folks, basically white men, members of the community who were deputized. Mm. Most white men had to serve on these slave patrols. And their role was essentially to monitor the plantation, monitor the comings and goings of folks, making sure that Black people didn't try to rise up Stage an insurrection,
1: mm-hmm.
3: making sure that nobody tried to run away uh, if they happened to find uh slaves walking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. had to make sure they had their their papers, you know their pass or what have you, and more importantly, these patrols they had the power of life and death mm-hmm. over black people over slaves mm-hmm. and They got that power through the society that wanted to uphold the institution of slavery by any means necessary. So they could shoot and kill slaves and wouldn't have to pay any price because they had laws, they had these slave codes that governed the lives of white people vis-a-vis, you know, they had specific laws saying that a black man would receive death for allegations of raping a white woman. Mm -hmm. Or not just raping, but not even raping, but just for, us, you know, hitting or something of that matter. Um, Of course, there were no Consequences if white men raped or assaulted black women. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> that was part of the course, right. and, um, and and so many other things that white people were allowed to do to black people. You know, people will say, "Oh, well, you know, that was a long time ago. That was you know, hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago when you think right. about it." But 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 more importantly, it 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 set up the foundation. Right. What we're seeing now. And 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 if I may, I just want to um tell you a uh relatively short please, <laughs> story. Please go right ahead about my own family. This was a story that was passed along through um, my family, and it deals with my great great grandfather, mm-hmm. Henry Whaley. So this was during the Civil War. Okay. South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, mm. James Island, where my family's been since about 1700. But in any case, middle of the Civil War and a group of Black folks on the plantation decide they are self-liberating. Mm. So they flee the plantation. My great-great-grandfather, he was tied on his mother's back his father was also there and they all ran and the slave patrol was in the background. They, they heard the slave patrol, you know, following them hmm. and they were in a bit of a quandary because the baby, my great, great grandfather, wouldn't stop crying. And they knew that if he kept making noise, they were going to get caught. And if they were going to get caught, well, we know how that would end. Right. So they're trying to decide what to do. And his mother decided that if he can't stop crying, she'll have to kill him. Oh my God. And then kill herself. Mm. But what she does is she feeds him. She breastfeeds him and he stops crying. Mm. Slave patrol doesn't catch them. And they make it to freedom. I say all that to say, that you know this history of police and black people mm-hmm. runs deep, mm-hmm. and my great great grandfather he he died in 1930. Okay. So people want to think that it's ancient history, right. but it really isn't. Right. That long ago, when you think about. It. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: that
2: that That's... is a, a,
1: <laughs> a story. Wait way way to blow me away with that just yeah. right off the <laughs> t- yeah. i'm i'm really just blown away i'm i mean i'm uh I, I honestly um you know i had some some questions about your 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 origin like you know where you where you, your your family's from and where you're from i know mm-hmm. that now i know where you know your your family's from but you know and it t- and you've answered a, a couple of questions a very very clearly but i want to start off with with you though like where are you are you rooted in from philadelphia like did you were you born in philadelphia or was it south carolina no actually i'm from new york you're from new york okay originally yes
3: so you know my 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 parents were from the south my mother was from charleston but lived in new york most of her life Okay. My father was from uh, augusta georgia and yeah so i I was born and raised in new york um and I've been living in philly for twenty years okay. now came here for uh for law school and basically stayed um mm-hmm. so i guess i don't know i guess i guess at this point it it sort of makes me a you know a, a, a from here at yeah. this point yeah. but 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 i did but it did start off in in New York, yeah
1: okay yeah.
0: New
3: York is a is, is a bit of a different place from from Philly. Um, it, it is, uh, yeah, it yeah. Is. But some similarities, but, but but a lot of differences. Um, and I, you know, I, I think my my introduction to police violence and police brutality. Mm-hmm. Started in New York because I was uh, an activist there.
2: Yeah, I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about that, just what that was like, you know, being a human rights activist in New York in the late 1990s. And when you were there, you also uh, organized the first national conference on police brutality and misconduct. Isn't that right? Yes, that's right.
3: And, um, you know, it's really something that was 1997. Mm when we had that conference and Jesse Jackson was there and uh, Reverend Sharpton and people from around the country. And just to sort of set the stage, this was at the height of the um, Rudy Giuliani administration in New York, Mm -hmm. Mayor Giuliani. um, The police were just, Running wild, and every time he turned around, there was another case of um typically a black man latino man um or a teen who was beaten, choked to death mm-hmm. uh shot um in 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 some cases uh like mm-hmm. in one case of um a gentleman named Abner Luema, he was actually. Mm-hmm uh wasn't he sodomized uh, sodomized mm-hmm. with a plunger mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. police station. It was really going crazy back mm-hmm. then. And mm-hmm. you know we, we, we brought um activists together, we brought lawyers, we brought um progressive uh black police officers together and we came up with 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 solutions and all sorts of things. We also, um, that year, also had uh, hearings. Uh, The Congressional Black Caucus came to New York to hold hearings where people gave testimony all day um, on their experiences. Mm. And you know what I find very interesting but actually not surprising is that the problems that we faced back then in New York and across the country, were really not so different from what we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should also say that, you know, from what I know about um, the '60s, when Malcolm X and the Black Panthers and mm-hmm. and other folks mm-hmm. were dealing with this issue, is that things haven't changed a whole lot in terms of the dynamics. And I think part of that is because we haven't really gotten to terms with the origins and those, those slave patrols, mm-hmm. which I should also mention were the, you know, when you hear about the Second Amendment and the militias, mm-hmm. those slave patrols were those militias. That we that we always hear about. so so yeah, you know I, I I've seen you know over the past two decades, over two decades, I've seen these dynamics with um, policing and yeah. racism and racial violence and it won't go away like racism won't go away, but I'm right. also I'm also fairly I'm feeling positive relatively positive these days because Mm -hmm. it seems like now particularly with social media and you know these things these videos these things going so viral Mm -hmm. people's consciousness has been raised and i'm i'm hopeful that we can really see some some change
2: yeah and i just want to thank you for having such a personal and powerful conversation with us
3: and thank you for having me on cuz this is um you know I mean I I always enjoy talking about this and it's it's important that uh gentlemen like yourselves
2: are are really getting into it We appreciate it. that. Yeah, we really appreciate good. you. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hello, denizens of the internet. Uh, Once again, it's Mark McKee and Bailey Boyd, managing editor and contest editor, respectively, of the Missouri Review. And you've just listened to a segment of an episode from the podcast, Black Guy, White Guy Talking. Uh, This segment features an interview with David A. Love, a distinguished professor, journalist, and commentator. And I think that as we listen to this piece, which is engaging with uh, a topic that has been one of scrupulous attention for the last going on a couple of years now uh, that of police reform and of systemic racism as a feature of contemporary and modern policing which has its source in the slave patrols of pre-civil war times i think that the part of the core of this of this segment or I'll just say the core of this segment is within the topic, uh, love is able to share a family history, a particular family history, a story that's been passed down in his in his family for generations about his great grandfather and his great grandfather's parents eluding slave patrols. And as if you just listened to it, is uh, there are scarcely ad adjectives to describe it outside of, horrific and powerful and fiercely illuminating. I think we've had these discussions as a country uh, to greater and lesser extents in various communities across the nation, sometimes to the good and sometimes not to the good. But it's stories like this for me and listening here, it's stories like this that root discussions of police reform into histories that have largely been elided or erased. Mm-hmm. And for me, this this segment of this podcast restores an incalculably important realization about the history of the country. And outside of that, and letting that exist in its own power from this segment, I don't know that Bailey and I have too much more to say about it.
2: No, I think I don't
1: have
0: too much more to add other than, other than agreement for the Especially with the, the adjectives you use, horrific, powerful, and illuminating, I think are all very, very appropriate. So I think we would ask that you listen to this again. Uh, I think that the power that it has, and I think you can hear, you can hear the power in the podcasters, the people who are there to interview love. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain, it's, it's just a really, it's a singularly powerful story that I think uh, encourages them to step back and let it have its own space. And so I think we're going to echo them here. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening. And we'll wave at the camera of the Zoom where we're recording this part of the audio and encourage you to come back next time.
2: Thanks.
1: Thanks for listening. And we will see you. Nope. (laughs) Um, We will...
0: We will look to be we will look forward
1: we will to
3: look forward being
0: listened to you listened to by you in the future. Bye. Now that's a sign off. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us for Miller Oddcast Forty Two, featuring the history of policing black people in America with David A. Love, a segment from the podcast Black Guy, White Guy Talking, from Elmwood Laud Hammond and Zachary Watterson featuring a conversation with David A. Love. Podcast 43 is right around the corner, so be alert. Thanks as always to Missouri Review contest editor, Bailey Boyd, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. A quick reminder, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Subscribe or submit your work today. In addition, we have tons of marvelous and free creative content to read, listen to, and even watch on our website. Learn more at MissouriReview.com.